ocean tamer Glimpses of you burning my eyes The worship of heaven fills up the skies You made it all, said that there be
Good evening, everyone. I just want to make a real short introduction. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank the church. Uh, we started going to this church, I don't even remember now, it's been four or five years ago. And I had been on one mission trip before that. About two years ago, I got the opportunity because the mission fund allowed me to uh, go on a mission trip, and it was to Damier, Haiti. And since that point, through the help of the people here, the mission fund, and through God's divine appointment with money into my life, he's allowed me to go on, I don't even know the number now, I think I've been to Haiti less than half a dozen, but around there, Nicaragua twice, and Montreal once. So I just want to thank uh, God for allowing you to enable us to go on mission trips. My life has completely changed since my first trip to Haiti. Uh, I would say right now my profession is a short-term missionary. That is, that is my existence. My, my days are planned on my next trip. As we were getting ready to leave Haiti, I was in preparations of making arrangements for my next trip. So I just want to thank you all, and I want to thank God for allowing me to do this. Uh, I'm going to bring up my son, Steve, who, who's been to Haiti three times this year. Once again, thank you all. And Jesse, who made it to Haiti for the first time. But I just wanted to, to extend a thank you. And we're, we're each going to give a short talk, but I'll let Steve go first. Uh, yeah, once again, thank you for allowing us to go. Uh, I've had the opportunity to go on like three times this year as well, as well to uh, Nicaragua. But uh, on this trip, it was uh, it was like the trip where I was uh, I wasn't really on a it was I wasn't in the main role of what we were doing. It was more of a I was more in a learning role. And uh, what happened was Dad and Jesse were teaching uh, about discipleship, and which I. We did that training in Haiti, but in preparation to do that, they did a training with the youth, which I've been through, and then as well as uh, a couple of church leaders, and Jesse and Dad and I uh, had a uh, discipleship training, very uh, secretive, and nobody knew about it. But um, uh, we uh, we went down there, we went to Guadalupe, and we did the discipleship training, and my role was to be the worship pastor while we were there and lead music that they didn't understand much of it was in English. But um, our translator, Winslay, helped us a lot on that. He uh, he also played guitar very fluently. That translates. But um, what I did was I just kind of I helped on some of the uh, discipleship training by uh, when we did the story mode where we actually did the actual training, which was like small groups and stuff, and I helped with that, but um, I think what I did mostly was build relationships with the people there between uh, Pastor Luma, who we worked with, and uh, Winslay, our translator, who I've met before, but uh, we had a uh, we had a grand time. I'm not sure about Jesse. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a it was a great experience for me. We uh, it was our first trip alone, Dad, Dad and I, and uh, it was uh, quite different from the other trips we've been on. It was more uh, 
I'm going to say it's relaxed, and it was also uh, kind of uh, strict, too. We were, not really, it wasn't strict at all. It was, uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, I don't know, we, it's Haitian time, and uh, I don't know if it's like that in Africa, you got African time, but uh, it's like, you get in the car, you're supposed to be there in uh, 30 minutes. Oh, here's a perfect example. This restaurant's five minutes away. Our translator says five minutes away. 45 minutes later, still not there. <laughs> we start getting worried that we're supposed to be back at the uh, church in 20 minutes and we haven't even gotten to the restaurant yet. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, patient traffic isn't that great. So you uh, saw a couple of pictures. Uh, in the, in the pictures, are still, but when you're actually there, they're driving 90 next to you, so it's kind of, kind of scary. And they don't have lanes, so a couple of times we're driving behind the slow truck and we just get out, and then there's two cars going 90 at each other, so that's kind of dangerous. But um, we, uh, it was a, it was quite an experience. I thought uh, I'm just glad that I got to go, and I, I feel like. Uh, after going through the discipleship training stuff uh, three or four times that I could possibly go uh, go through it a couple more times and then actually start becoming uh, more advanced in it and then possibly go back to Haiti with dad or someone else and then actually uh, actually be one of the main people to teach it. But uh, in my meantime, I have to uh, finish my homework that I missed. And the... Uh, I, I hope to be able to learn uh, French, which would help tremendously because they don't speak English at all. And uh, I don't speak French very well. I can speak a little Spanish, but besides that, no. I know, uh, I know the word pity, which means little. But uh, yeah, that's about it. And uh, I don't know. I really felt like God just kind of, uh, kind of is just continually calling me back to, because whenever I'm there I learn, uh, it's like it's different from every other time that you're uh, I mean, you're back home and then you have your time that you uh, that you uh, stay with God and you, uh, you learn about it and stuff, but whenever you're out on the mission field, actually out uh, not that you shouldn't, not that you're not on the mission field here, but uh, I think I believe I'm called right now, and uh, just kind of going out, you can, it's like, I believe it's a lot easier to witness the people there than it is here, because you're like, oh man, I'll never see these people again, and then the next time you're down there, like, hey, I remember you, you were here two weeks ago, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got to, we got to meet up with a couple of our friends, we got, do you want to tell about the ride at Del Mons, to the restaurant, <laughs> you want me to tell that, okay, so we're, we're driving in our car, we got, we rented out a van, driving up the hill, and uh, usually police don't care about the police, it's all, there's people. And so the sirens are going off, we've got five or six coming down the road, and uh, so we're just, we're kind of moving over, and uh, we're getting up in the Ritzy parts of town, it's uh, up in Pachonville, and we're, we're moving, and two cops go like 90 past us, and so another one comes up and they slam into the back of our car, and so we're like, oh man, the cops just hit us, and so we just, I guess we didn't get out of the way fast enough, so we pulled off the side of the road and our translator's kind of looking out the window and seeing what it is, and then we're like, 
he just hit us. And he was like, yeah, that was the president of Haiti. And so now, uh, now we can say uh, we got hit by the president of Haiti. So uh, not many missionaries get that, uh, get that uh, privilege of being hit in the car by the president of Haiti. But uh, yeah, that's, I was uh, really amazed because every trip that I've been on to Haiti, it's a, Haiti's a very chaotic place. Uh, not very organized, uh, but every trip we have, we always have a mess up, okay? And there's always something that doesn't go right, like dad is on the last trip, and their clutch broke, and their tap tapped, and different stuff, and they're starting on the road for four hours, and, but uh, this trip, we didn't have any of those, and that was a real blessing from God, because we got, we got everywhere at the time God wanted us to get there, and uh, it was just... It worked out very, very well from where we were at. And the church accepted our teaching uh, that we showed them very well. And the pastor was really, really great and, and is looking forward to uh, is looking forward to uh, working with us in the future. Like Dad said, he's already been making some plans. But uh, I was just glad I got to go and make some relationships with people for if, if God uh, allows me to go back then uh, I might be able to know people and possibly in the future maybe uh, make some uh, trips of my own whenever I get older. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for allowing me to go. And, uh, I don't know, just like that.
praise. You wrote a song and you sing it over me. I feel a dead heart beating now. This revelation makes me want to shout that Jesus has been Thank you guys first for allowing me to go on this trip. Um, I don't think many of you guys realize it, but if it hadn't been for the church and God leading other people to donate, I wouldn't have been able to go. Uh, it's literally only by His grace and your guys' willingness to give that I'm able to go on these trips. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'd like to get up here and be all smiles like the Steves were. Um, the trip was a little bit rougher for me. Um, Matter of fact, if I would have known how it was going to go, I might have taken Jonah's route and ran the other way. Um, I'd like to pinpoint and tell you exactly why it was rough, um, but I can't. Um, I've spent the last four or five days since we got back trying to figure that out. Um, I can tell you what he's done, and that's what I'm going to try to, try to do for you guys tonight. Um, is kind of tell you a little bit about, I need you guys to understand how I felt and what he did with me on this trip before I can really tell you how the trip went for me. Um, this was the roughest trip I've ever been on. I've only been on two, so take that as you will. But um, I can tell you this is probably the roughest experience I've had in anything I've done, uh, whether that be Air Force field training, high school, college, whatnot. This was the roughest week I can probably remember in my life. Um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, it was rough. Um, Prior to when we left, I can tell you about one or two days before we left, I was sending some text messages out to people saying I need a little bit of prayer because I don't know why, but I'm scared to death to go on this trip. Um, when we got ready to go to Nicaragua, it was fear of what God was going to do with me. This wasn't fear of what God was going to do with me. This was actual fear, and I didn't understand why. I didn't know why. Um, I was fine on the flight down. Uh, it was actually one of the – I enjoyed sitting in the airport for five hours, and most people don't do that, so – uh, the flight down was great. Um, as soon as we got off the flight in, in, in Nicaragua, in Haiti, everything changed. Um, the first night was the roughest. Things got better as the week went on. Um, what I can tell you is this. Um, obviously, before I went down, I had some, let's say, priority issues that I didn't realize until we got down there. Um, God opened my eyes while we were down there on this trip to a lot of things in my own personal life. Um, if there was anything that I was relying on above him, he found it on this trip. And he didn't just strip it away. He ripped it away. Um, he stripped it down to the only person I had to rely on was him. I don't speak French. I don't speak Creole. Steve's one word of Creole and French that he knows is one more than I know. 
So when we didn't have the translator, I was lost. I didn't have anybody to talk to. When we were in Nicaragua, at least I spoke a little bit of Spanish. But the only person I had to talk to was God. When we were doing these training sessions, when we were, when I was in a situation where I normally would send a text message or send an email and ask for prayers from somebody, the only person to send that request to was God. Everything he did on this trip was to direct me towards him. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that coming back from this trip pulled me closer to him than anything else I've ever done. And for that, I've got to be thankful. The training, as Steve said, went fantastic. Uh, the training with the discipleship training, the three different sessions we did, we started on was it Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Thursday we did sessions one and two. Friday was session three and a question and answer session. Question and answer session really opened our eyes to how well they were absorbing the material. Um, the only way that they're going to absorb it that way is if God allowed them to do that because of the language barrier. There's no, I know that what I said did not sink into their head. It was only by God that they were able to take the information we were giving them. The questions they were asking were amazing and the fact that they wanted detailed explanations of certain things so that they specifically understood how to do it. We went on Saturday and we did story training, uh, small group story training. We did two sessions on Saturday. Uh, Steve and I did the first one where Steve led the group and I read the story. Uh, me and little Steve did the second one where I led and little Steve read the story. And we went through it twice to show them exactly how to do it, how to, you know, step by step how to lead a small group and story. When we came back on Monday, I kid you not, I watched the pastor of the church lead a small group in this story method better than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I've, better than watching over in Lakeland on Wednesday evenings when I'm over there, better than some of the stuff I've seen here. It's, it's just like they've been doing it forever. It was amazing to see. And as Steve pointed out, the fact that Pastor Luma showed up in jeans and a shirt was amazing in itself. Because for a Haitian to show up at any church event not dressed in their best was just unheard of. Um, we had the privilege of going to Pastor Rigo's church on uh, Sunday morning. And for anybody that doesn't like Blaine preaching for 45 minutes, don't go to Haiti. <laughs> what was it, three and a half hours? We started at 8, I think we left about 11, 11.30, 11.45, and the message was short that day. So nobody can... If we're out of here by 12.30 or 1 o'clock on Sunday, you will never hear me complain, ever. <laughs> um, we got to go to, we were invited to his birthday party that afternoon. Uh, we got to sit down and go through a full-fledged Haiti party, uh, which was interesting in and of itself. We learned they like to talk a lot. There were a lot of speeches, uh, some different food. Uh, then we had the privilege of going to Pastor Luma's church that night and le actually leading the service. Uh, Little Steve did a fantastic job of leading worship and song. Uh, Winslay and Hayen uh, sang a couple different songs, as well as the uh, people of their church singing in their own language. Um, I had the privilege of being able to preach that Sunday night. Uh, I preached out of Romans. Um, I think, what was it, Steve, that you told me that when they asked you to preach, you said that wasn't your forte? <laughs> yeah, all gifted differently. Uh, so he, I think he just pawned it off on me, but... It was, it, was a, it was a privilege and a blessing to have the ability to, uh, to preach down there at Pastor Luma's church. I probably couldn't ask for a, for a deeper honor than to be able to do that. Um, I can tell you that preaching through a translator is, we'll just say different. can't really get into a rhythm when you stop every 30 seconds to wait for somebody to translate. Um, God did fantastic things on this trip. Um, God did fantastic things with the people that were there. 
God did fantastic things with the group that we had. Uh, to be able to watch Steve do what he did with the guitar and lead the worship, I mean, every single session we did, he pulled a different song out and sang a different song. And he knew they didn't understand the words that he was singing, but he wasn't singing to them, he was singing to God. And it was something that was just really, really powerful to watch. Um, at a loss for words, that doesn't happen very often. Um, I want you guys to know that the reason that I want you guys to know I struggled, um, the reason that I want you guys to know that it was difficult for me, um, Becca, there's a journal down there on the bottom. Could you bring that up to me real quick? I want to read my, a line I wrote in this journal, and I had to highlight which ones I could share that wouldn't get me kicked out of church. But uh, there's no bad words in them. There's just raw emotion. This was written the first night we got down there. I want to be home so badly. I feel so bad for thinking that way. I feel full of selfishness and pride, but this is trip is not for me. The only thing I can cling to is the fact that I came here for God. I didn't come here for me. I didn't come here to be happy. I didn't come here to be comfortable. I came here to glorify God. I want you guys to know that if God can take someone that was as messed up and broken as I was, even when I didn't realize it, to go on this trip, if he can use me to have the impact on these people that he did, and if he can use me to further his kingdom like he did on this trip, he can use any one of you guys that's sitting out here. Okay? The question of, I don't want to go, I can't go, it's not for me, I'll struggle, it's uncomfortable, are just excuses. I told Steve, the question I've got since I've gotten back more than anything is, would you go back again? I'd like to respond no, because that would be the comfortable thing to say. But if God called me to go back again, I'd go back again in an instant. Because it's not about me, and it's not about how comfortable I was. It's not about what things I struggled with. It's about God. God's will got done on this trip. I went kicking and screaming, and he pulled me through every day. But he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. Brent told me the Saturday, or I guess it wasn't Saturday, the Wednesday we landed, he sent me a text message and said, I heard that you... Uh, God stretched you a little bit on this trip, and I think my response was he didn't stretch me, he broke me. Um, because in order to build me back up the way he wanted me, the only way he could do it was to break me. He didn't take me to the cliff and then jump with me. He made the cliff vanish from underneath my feet and let me fall. And when I fell, and when I broke, and when I was crying, and yes, I cried on this trip, I'm, I'm man enough to say that. When I cried on this trip, and when I got to a point where I couldn't go on, he picked me up and showed me the same thing he showed me every single thing in my life, that he's always been there, and he's in control, and that he can do anything. So before I close up here, all I wanted to tell you guys was, you know, once again, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting me go. It was a struggle. It was hard. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um... God's doing wonderful things in Haiti. He's doing wonderful things through these gentlemen down here in Haiti as well. I was privileged to be a part of that this trip. Uh, Lord willing, if the Lord wants me to go back, I hope I can be part of it again. But I really think the goal of these short-term missions is not only to help those that are down there. It's not just to spread God's glory down there. 
but it's for me and the people that are going to learn something and bring it back to you. It's for us to teach you guys and apply something to this church here that we took from being down there. And the thing I took from this trip was that every single one of you guys out here has the ability to go and do anything. And it's just like we've been seeing here on the Illinois missions. It doesn't have to be Haiti. It doesn't have to be Africa. And it doesn't have to be Nicaragua. It can be two blocks down, like Brother Dwayne said this morning. Yet we just need to be involved. We need to spread the word. Because believe me, there's a lot of people out there that are hurting really bad. There's a lot of people out there that are lost in this town, in the state, in the country, in the world. And the sad part is, is most of them don't even realize it. So thank you for letting me go. Thank you for letting me be a part of this trip that had such an impact. And I will turn it over to Steve, the big Steve. Are you the miracle? 
the first thing that I want to say is just talk about these two guys here. This, this trip that we went on, as you probably picked up, was all about discipleship. And we had gone down to teach the Haitians what the Bible had to say. We weren't going down with, with the plan that we had come up with, but we had dug through the Bible, brought out biblical principles, and then presented it in a way that we could say, here's what the Bible says, here's the scripture to back it up. And when we got to the small group training, and I got to sit down and lead a small group with the Haitians all taking notes, you know, their eyes glued upon us, and, and Jesse read the story. I mean, that was a wonderful thing. But then that afternoon when we came back, and I stepped out of the picture, and I disappeared, I became invisible, and I watched Jesse and my son sit in front of a Haitian crowd and do what I had just shown them. That is exactly what we were trying to teach them, discipleship. The fact that I could take two men that I know and help them step into the gap and to step maybe past their comfort zone, past where they felt comfortable, and be able to make an impact for God in a foreign land. To me, that is exactly what we were there for. It wasn't the fact that I sat down and did a wonderful job teaching. It was the fact that God used younger men than I who followed in my footsteps and showed this is how you do it. This is how you become discipled and then disciple others. So I just want to thank God, not, not only that Jesse stepped up, but that my 16-year-old son got to work, work in a foreign land. I, nobody mentioned this, but Steve's birthday actually happened on Sunday. There's not a whole lot of young men in Illinois that can say they celebrated their 16th birthday in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And nobody can ever take that away from them. I mean, if you remember back, I can remember where my 16th birthday party was. It wasn't in Port-au-Prince. So I'm sure he'll never forget that. I don't want to go on forever. We're at 7 o'clock. But each trip I make, for those of you that know me well, you know that I didn't start out being the softest person in the world. I can be a little rough. I can be a little hard. But that's why we put the kids last. For whatever reason, I'm different in Haiti. I mean, God has just broken my heart. Jesse asked me why we were down there because it was obvious. And he said, how come you act like this in Haiti? <laughs> I mean, you guys here, how many times have you sat on my lap and I just held you? <laughs> it hasn't happened. <laughs> I don't know that it'll ever, ever happen, but it happens in Haiti. And Jesse asked me, and he said, how come you're different? And I said, I think it's the, it's the need. It's the helplessness. I see those children, and I, and I see weakness. For those of you that know me, I don't relish in weakness. I mean, I, I respect strength. But when you see somebody that's truly in need, it's hard to be hard. It's hard to be hard. I wrote on Facebook the other day, I said, and I'll, and I'll try to get it close. 
that when I'm in Haiti, I'm the man that I want to be. I mean, I can, I can be like Jesus Christ. Not exactly like, but, but more so than here. And I'm not sure exactly why. I'm not sure why I have to act the way I act here, but I feel free to act the way I do there. I, I wish I had the answer for that. I wish I could flip a switch and be more like Jesus all the time. So maybe that's why I'm drawn to Haiti, because I can be who God wants me to be more often. And it seems like each trip, maybe I get one step closer. So maybe that's why every, every trip I go down, I'm, I'm planning my return before I ever come back. I'm not sure. But I know yesterday I was on the Internet looking up plane tickets back to Haiti. So I'm hoping that the church will continue to be giving. I hope that God provides me with finances. I hope he provides me with with time. I hope he provides me with opportunity. And I hope he provides that, that same thing for you. As Jesse said, you know, even in our weakness, especially through our weakness, God's glorified. And not to be frivolous, but for Jesse to struggle all week and to be with Steve and I, because we're not the most caring people in the world. Steve a lot more than I am. But Jesse was right. He had God to turn to because when you turn to me and go, I'm struggling, what would my response be, Jesse? <laughs> I laughed because I knew exactly what God was doing. And I told him several times, I said, I can't relate because from the first moment I've been in Haiti, I love it. I love the chaos. And this will sound very strange. I live in Pope County. I live where there aren't very many people. I live in a house where you can't see your neighbors. Port-au-Prince, Haiti is not anything I would ever choose. It is the exact opposite of where I live. But God is drawing me there for, for His reasons. And I just hope that He provides me with the opportunity for the future. And I hope, as I said before, that it may not be Haiti, it may not be Africa, it may, by, may not be Nicaragua, it may be East St. Louis. It may be Chicago. It may be Harrisburg. I just hope you all take the opportunity. God will provide you with an opportunity. I just hope that your eyes are open and you take advantage of the opportunities that he gives you. Thank you.